0: It is so good to be back recording from my home in Israel. Our learning is dedicated to Iwanishma report levi, Lucy Mayan Minadi, Rufus Lambertila Batya, Bakhay Tova, Brahbikalba Rachel Kitia, Yidid Chaim Ben Avivrkaya, Shalom and Chaya Sarah Shemin ben Elka and Shabukum for all those in need. We we left off last time at the end of Paret Yod. We we had the last two Psokim left to read. And we knew that the Jewish people were suffering. They were suffering at the hands of the people of Amon. Amon, who is a neighbor to the Jewish people. If you take a look at the map over here. You see Rabat Amon is right there. That is the capital of Amon. And um, it is possibly uh, where Amman, the city uh, in Jordan today, gets its name from. So if you look right around there, you'll see that there's a lot of Jews. You have Reuven, Gad, and Menashe, all of that land. And then there's this thin, narrow, little piece of of property, Ammon. And further down, we have the property of Moab. If you look at the map to the left of that, it's actually even clearer. The Eretz B'nai Ammon is just a thin strip of land. But Amon presents itself as a, as a menace to the Jewish people, and the Jews don't know what to do. So Pasuk Yitzayim, the end of last week's Erech, the b'nei Amon come and they camp in Gilad. Now, where is Gilad? Not so easy. If you take totally a look at this map over here, the one in the middle, you'll see a city called Yavesh Gilad. And if you look at the map, which is courtesy of the Atlas.Nikra, you'll see Mitzbegilad. And neither of those are the same two cities. You can see that is um, to the north of Yabok quite a bit, whereas this is not quite as, uh, as far away from uh, Nachal Yabok. These are a couple of Nachals that we're going to get back to in a little bit. But over here, you see that there is this place called Gilad. So Amo collects themselves in in this area, says Rashi are they cruise? there's a big call out there's a big announcement what you gotta come anybody that cares anybody that's interested you gotta come why because we're gonna attack the Jews this announcement is what does them all in and the Jewish people come and they are in mitzvah so where is mitzvah so perhaps perhaps it's a little bit higher maybe that's mitzvah gilad right there not hundred percent sure it could be that it's on the other side of the Jordan, or close to it, there is actually a reference to Mitzvah in Sefer Yoshua, and perhaps we're talking at the very same place. That's where Yoshua has like this massive buildup of kings that come to attack him, and the uh, the kings come Hamilachim baim Mitzpah, Maybe it's the same place. Not sure. So the the nation say, the the people of Gilad, all the important people say, Who's going to fight for us against B'nai Amon? Now they're looking for a Rosh. That's very, very important because we are going to see in a little bit that when they do find someone, they actually don't offer him the position of Rosh. They offer him a different position. And I think that in their private conversations they recognize, what do we really need? We need a rosh. We need a leader. We need someone who's going to be our melech. Or very close to it. So, Foshal davar, though, they don't actually find a melech. They're going to find something a little bit different. So, what happens? Mi Aish. Who is this person going to be? So, The El says, What are they asking this question? They couldn't find anybody. They needed a brave soul that would say, I'm willing to take on the Amon army. Nobody was willing to do it. They were all terrified. And so they're looking, Aish, who's going to come and step up and take that position? That um, That is a possibility. Now, the Radak, just gives us a little bit of information that's very helpful. It says that the people of Amon, that they where did they uh, where did they congregate? They assembled in Gilad. It was the city that was conquered by Machir Beminasheh. They wanted to capture it. So the Jews are like, whoa, what's going on here? So they come to Spa. And when that happens, they then go back to their place. And that's why when ultimately Yiftach is chosen as a leader and he sends a message, he doesn't send the message to Spa. He sends the message back to Amon. Which should tell you that we have two things going on here. We have a Jewish people that are terrified. They're horrified by the prospect of fighting against this Ammon army. But we should also note that the army of Amon was not so brave. They see a collection of Jews coming and they scramble back, also. So it's just a question of who is afraid, who is more afraid of who. But it seems. Seems like the Jewish people are, are terrified. And similarly, you have the fear of Amon. So everybody is afraid. But there's no leader. Who's going to be that leader? Now, let's remember that we're coming off Yair Hagiladi. It took, it took a bit to find a graphic that would, I believe, um, convey Yair Hagiladi. I thought about there's a great graphic of the three amigos with their flamboyant dress as they're riding around on their horses. Never saw the movie, but when you look at it, they don't look like you need to take them too seriously. I guess someone will send me a comment if I'm wrong on my assessment, having never watched the movie. But Rabbi Hatton points out, what do we have here? We have a group of people who are really, honestly, they they're they're showmen. They wear beautiful costumes. They have nice nice animals, donkeys, not horses. But that's Yaira Giladi. They don't need someone like that. They actually need someone who is going to be a brave warrior. So the question now becomes, who has the courage? Who has the inner strength, the fortitude to, to be that brave person? And so let's introduce ourselves to the first character, of Paracute. Aleph, the We have Iftah, who is also a Giladi. They both come from the same Gilad family. Ayagi Borchayo. He is a Gibor Chayo. He's a intense, strong man, who And he is the son of an Ishazona, which we have to better understand. What is an Isha Zonah? Gilad at In Gilad. Giladi, he was the son of Gilad there probably Gilad was a popular name in the area the cities are named Gilad expect Gilad Yavesh Gilad regular Gilad so you have that that's Gilad and then also we the people yeah you're a Giladi you have Gilad from the Torah and now you have Gilad who is the father of Yiftach so he gave he he fathered Gilad, that Yiftach so we have this guy. He comes not from the greatest of stock, but Isha Gilad Lo Banim, and Isha Gilad gives him sons. They chase Yiftach away. You can't um, inherit in our father's house because you're from a different woman. Says the Ridd. He says Our dad isn't even definitely your dad. So therefore, you even though you're the bechor. Interesting, we're about to read Parshat kitetze this Shabbos. And yeah, that's the the, the idea of the, 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 the Ben HaAuvah and the Ben asnuah. They're saying you might be the Ben Asnua, but we don't care because you're not even the Ben. What if you're not the, fa- the, son, the biological son of our father? If your mother is a Zona, which we'll get back to shortly, then you would not be able to Inherit. So what happens? He he runs away because with his brothers and he goes to the land of Tov. What's the land of Tov? Says the Radaq. don't a There was a guy. He was the boss of the land and he was named Tov. Says a Behatan, Very similarly to the Abar Bin El. he finds a good land and a good life. That's what happens. says, What do I need this? I don't need the Jews. I don't need the headaches of my family. He goes to Eretz Tov. And what happens? He gathers, who gathers towards him? Anashim Reikim, empty men. It's not sound very good to be an empty man. What does it mean to be? What What are these Anashim Reikim? So Reik, to be, they're like bad people. But perhaps another possibility. Is that they're um, that they're, they're not important people because they're not important people. They have no land. In a, in a society that they lived in where land was the most important thing, not having land would put you in a very, very, very uncomfortable place where you, you don't have a place of any sort. And so they gather towards Yiftach, and they go out with it. There's a lot of things on. So first, let's take a look at a beautiful idea by um, Rav Yagal Ariel. Yiftach's life is actually not far off from Avival. They both were cast, castaway sons to a Pelagash of their father. And both of them end up uh, with this great position of, uh, of power which is against the chok, Hayyarusha. He poured blood, so much of it. But no. He only comes back at the bequest of those people from his family. He, he comes into that place from a place that he's deserving of. His his family asks him to take the position. Avimelech gets the position when there is nobody left because he kills all of them. Avimelech nechtam lenetzach He is forever known for his wickedness. The yo yodim davarz fuyotavu masav shoot yourself. There's nothing good. We're not going to find anything that we will qualitatively be able to say is a good thing for Avimelech. He's a And the probably the most important line of this whole piece is the notion of which we really don't have enough time to fully explain. And maybe we'll get to that next time, or when we get to Shmuel. But the idea of Yevtach Bedoro, Kishmuol, Badoro is basically saying that you have to accept every leader. As they are, because that's what the generation gets. And so Yiftach to his generation was like Shmuel to his generation. You don't sit there and say, well, you know, Yiftach was Nebuch, not such a great guy. But Shmuel, wow. No, in every generation, the, the judge is accepted as is. Okay. So the first connection that we have, and you're, there's a lot. We can, we can tie him Mouth to so many different stories. That Yiftach has a little bit of Avinu Malach in there. has not come across as a great as a great person. And certainly, when we look at his stock, where he comes from, he's a Beni He's cast away. He's living in the middle of nowhere. So, who are some of the other people that he might be similar to? So, David Melech is actually similar to this as well. by Hatton points out that David Melech, he also lives in this. The out with outlaws in the abyss with nobody around. Why? Because it's a group of social outcasts. Bahadun says the godless of Adam and Amal is because that's who he hangs out with. Those are the people he hangs out with. He understands the great potential that people have. And he doesn't look at the people and say, ah, oh, you are greatness. He looks at someone who is a piece of coal he acknowledges the diamond in the rough. He acknowledges that with the right heat and the right attention and, and tending and caring for, you could turn this lump of coal into a diamond. That, as it had, is the reason why David, Yiftach, and many of the other leaders are people that, A, come from suspect family lineage, and B, their chevra isn't necessarily of the greatest quality. They're not the aristocracy. That is not the Jewish way. Okay? So that is a little bit of a sense of who Yiftach is. But we still have to understand Ben I, I put it in red. First of all, where else do we have a Benishazo? Where else do we have an Ishazzo now? So we have an Ishazzo now. We've learned it together. It is Rachhavazona. Rachavazona is a zona. And when we when we learned that we asked the question what is Anisha's owner so we suggested back there that probably the main answer is prostitute that is who she is but at the time we suggested that she might have also been a owner of a store, an owner of a uh, a hotel she served food to the people so let's i I assumed automatically that that was not even in the cards. We weren't even going to go there. But if you take a look at the Targum, Targum, you'd have to look inside your navi. Targum says that what is she bar which abarbanel quotes She was a? An innkeeper. That's his third shot. Um Yeah, sorry, his uh, second shot. So he said the first possibility is that she did not have Kiddushin. She's not a real marriage. She's a Pilagesh because she's a concubine. She does not have full binding Jewish marriage. It's actually similar to a relationship that one would have with a prostitute. Okay, maybe. Second possibility is that it comes from the word mazo, which again, we said there is it's hard to, to to accept that. But even more so here, it's a tough one because there's no context. Why would she be a a, a hotel or a restaurant? So the third possibility the Barbanel says that she probably was an Isha Zona. There is not a question that she that this kid is Gilad's son. And that's why it ends the passage by saying Gilad was the father of this child. Even though it starts off, you would say Gilad, of course. No, the passage stamps him and says that Gilad is the son, the father of Gilad. Not a question. And we should just know that there's no question that this was the first one. Beautiful. Beautiful. Says the Chomatana. It's a wild explanation, says. He says that, he quotes the Chomatana. It says, what is an Isha Zona? She is from a different tribe. Got to wrap your head around that. Right? We talk about intermarriage as Khalila. someone marries out. A Jew marries an Anjou. But there are some Jews that would say an intermarriage is if Khalilah, me from whatever I am, my type of community, marries into a different community. Ashkenazim to them. I see them to, 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 to more modern. I, I don't feel that that should ever, ever be in that context. But could you imagine? That's what we're talking Intermarriage, a zona is if I go out of my it. But why? Because the idea is that if I marry out of my shevet, and then I have a kid. Now imagine you have Gilad and his wife. Now he's from Gilad Menasha. Let's say she's from a different shade. She's from, I don't know, Uve, God, Ephraim. And they marry. And they have one kid who's Yiftah, Yiftah Giladi. Okay, so what's going to happen? So obviously he's going to take keep it within the Gilad family. But what if? What if this kid dies? There's no brothers, whatever. There's the possibility that the land will be Ne'ektar and will switch tribes. And that is the idea, perhaps, of intermarriage, of a zonah, pulls away, all right? A zonah is a woman that she's, she's zar, she's strange to the person. Now, that, that still is hard, but that mikra says, actually, in the world that they lived in, the tribe came first, and a woman from a different shevet challenges it, and therefore, they look and say, our father, he can't have a wife that's not from Menashe, from Yiftach. You're gone. We're sending you to Eretz Tov. Continues our Psokim. <speaking in Hebrew> and then it was a time when Gila, when Amon was fighting with the Jewish people. This is uh, it's saying that uh the, the this happened when we're, we're being told this is the context. Now all of a sudden Judusi of Tahashir they go, to get Yivtach from Eretz Tov. Now we have to understand why is it that they want Yivtach. So they say, we want you to come and fight and be our Katsin. Now the Malbim is fantastic here. He, he gives us. Such an excellent explanation of this whole back and forth between the people of Gilad and Yifta. They say to them, We want a cutscene. Now, if you remember way, way back in the, at the end of last parak, they said, Now who will be a cutsin, But me, Aisha, share Yaholi, Lachheim, via Lerosh. Lerosh, they're looking for a rosh, but now they say they're looking for a cutscene. Which one is it? So he says to them, "They said, 'Yiftach, we want you to be our katzin.' That's all we want. To, that's what we want you to be." So he says, "Yesh have del bin rosh v'katzin. A katzin who aumei v'zea machane machmat chashibu toma latobik burak. Katzin is like a general. He's powerful. He's wealthy. He's strong." they're only talking about the present right now we need someone who's going to be the he's going to be the leader the figurehead the one that's going to drive this army you hated me and you chased me away from my father's house and why is it now you're coming now that you're suffering you're coming to me he says says the mouth, what is he saying? You're telling me that I'm going to be a because I'm important? You only call me because you need me. Not because of my chashivut. You didn't come to me with, oh my goodness, with apologetics and love in your heart. You came to me out of need. Die or need. You think you're going to die, so you come to me and say, Come, take care of us. But that's not what I am. I'm not a mercenary. So, what do they say? This is a big concession on their part. Zikne Gilad come to Yiftach, what do they say to him? If you come and join us and win the war with B'na Amon, you could be the Rosh B'na Gilad. We hated, we're bad to you. But now we come back with love. If you win the victory, will be yours, and we'll be obligated. And you will be the the rosh upon us. Even the worst person, the lowest level person, if he wins the war, you know what happens? He becomes the Rosh. That's what's going on here. The Jewish people say, listen, you know what? You're right. It, we, we didn't do right, but go in the war. If you win the war, you will be a celebrity by us forever and ever and ever. Fine, If you're willing to do that and appoint me, then I will be the Rosh. That's what I will be. So it seems like there's a possibility that he's actually saying, I don't want to win the war. I want to know that I'm that anyway. We promise God will be our witness. You'll get what you want. You'll be the leader. He becomes before the victory. Before even stepping out to battle, becomes the Rosh and the Katsin. He shares all of these things before God in Mitzvah. What's going on here? So Rashi he says, "What all rabbis tonight him? He shares this this tonight with uh, before God." Because all the Jews are there, God is amongst them. He's not really saving, sharing to God; he's sharing people. But God is the witness because God is present there. There is a uh, an interesting shot that I saw by the Red the Radak actually suggests that it is a famous place that Yoshua won the war in. And therefore, it became a holy place. Because it was a holy place, what happens? There is, it's the Beit Hashem. And in the Beit Hashem, he shares this with them. Pasuk, Yod. Yiftach sends a message to them saying, why do you? Why do we need a fight? Why? Why are you doing this, Why do we need a? War? So the king of Amun says to the the messengers of Yitzhak, you know why? Because you took my land when you went up to Egypt, but when you came out of Egypt, when the Jews came out of Egypt. They took the land, and they are known that Yabok, that of And now we want to give it back to us in peace. You walk away, give us that land. We don't want to war. Now, remember at the beginning, we said that Amun, the land of Amun, is a thin strip of land. There was not much there, just a thin strip right there. But Amun wasn't always like that. You see, Amun once upon a time resided, Moab was there, and Amun had all that, all that. But something changed. To understand that, we have to take a look at this map. Uh, art scroll in the back of the the Gadol is Nach that it put out has beautiful pictures and wonderful maps. So take a look at the map. There are four Nachalim. There's Nachal Yarmouch, not Yarmut Yarmouch, that goes up there into the, uh, the Kinneret. I believe it flows most of the year and it's about 50 miles out until it hits the, uh, the, uh, the key narrative. You go down a little bit, you have Nachal Yabok. Nachal Yabok is right. And then if you go further down, much further down, halfway through the Dead Sea, is Nachal Arnon, And all the way down beneath the Dead Sea is Nachal Zeret. Okay, that is, those are the four Nechalites. So Nachal Arnon and Nachal Yabok were actually the natural border, which makes sense of Amun. and I believe that from Arnon to Zered was the natural border of Moab, and then beneath Nachal Zered was where Edom comes into play. Ammon had all this land, and they say we want we we you took it from us, we want it back. So what happened? Yiftach hears it, and Yiftach speaks up. He sends messengers back. It's not true. We did not take this piece of land. The Jewish people went, they went to Yamsuf, and they ended up by Kadesh. And then they Kadesh, which is probably somewhere around there, they sent messengers to Edom and said, let us please go through your land. And we, then they knocked on the door of Moab. and said, can you let us through? The Jews are in Kadesh. And they did not get permission. Eretz they went around Edom, off the map. And then the Moab, and then they go around moab now here they were on the east side right there by they didn't come there because that was the, the uh, border of Moab they send a, a message. Sihon, the king of Amari, the king of Cheshbon. let us go through. And he did not give them permission. Says the Mitsudas David. It wasn't even Velo shouldn't say Velo Velo didn't give permission. He thought that they were coming to trick him. And once he came in, you'd have the entire Jewish people in there ambush and take over Sihon's land. He didn't let them through. So what happens? His entire nation comes and stays in Yatsa. He fights with the Jewish people. Well, we won the war. The Jews won the war. They took over that whole piece of land from. Yavokti Arnold from Yardain till the Midbar. He conquered it. He conquered it. It's ours. And this is the message. Now he's not done with his message, but we have to ask the question who cares? What? Does, does Amon really want to hear this? Is Amon going to believe this? It's like the first Rashi in the Torah. Rashi says, why does the Torah start? Or one of the first Rashi. So why does the Torah start with Bereshi? So we should all know that God created the whole world. And God decides who he's going to give the land of Israel. So when Ta Oldam come and say that the land of Israel is not ours, we don't have to worry. We pick it up and say, look, this is the Rashi. Right? Doesn't that work? So the answer is no, it doesn't work. Could you imagine if someone tried there's a UN meeting and he comes up with the Art Scroll handouts and says, ah, in English, this is what Rashi says. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested. And yet, that's that's his that's his nekudo. That is his point of contention. Says a Vigalaria. He knew that they wouldn't listen, both in This speech wasn't going to do anything. He actually wants to share with them. It's a moral and psychological warfare. Maybe it's a stall for time. Maybe he's hoping to try to explain to them the historical, philosophical, the moral piece to this whole thing. maybe it's a stall for Maybe says Rabbi Galal. He's not talking to Amun. Amun's not going to listen, and he knows it. But he says, "You know who's going to? You know who needs to hear this? The Jews. The Jews have to hear this." It is so deep and so far back that this goes. Yiftach says, "I need the Jews to hear, them. and I need the Jews to appreciate what exactly is going on—the deep historical claim." the land of Israel. It's a fascinating weight on the fan. Pasok chavdale. Hello, Eta Shar, you riskha Kemosh Oak or Koti Rash like colourishem okay panen o tonu otoni rash. Whoever whatever kimosh, the god of Moab but Moab was there at the time none of these things. They they the Kemosh didn't work back then. Maybe that's why it's referencing Kamosh. It's a beautiful explanation. It says Kemosh is written, Yo Rishcha in the future. It said what God has done, God has done. But maybe in the future, Kemosh will come back. The That's really what it is. At the idol worships. But if Kamosh could do it, it's great. If you fight with us, you're no different than Balak. You're not any better. We've been here for 300 years. 300 years, you didn't say anything. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking and saying, historically, it's ours. It's, it, it's a claim that's worthless. Side note, Says they happen, that this is probably the best historical information on in the number of years since Yahushua came into the land, about 300 years. But I think the key piece here is that what, what we need to understand is that Yiftach is speaking to the Jews. He's trying to explain to them that this is your land. And you can't listen to the Ammons of the world that are going to tell you that you don't have a legitimate claim to it. You do. God promised it to you. It's yours. I didn't do anything wrong to you, and you are starting up with me. Let God be the judge and discerned between the Jewish people and Ammon. He didn't listen. And so, what happens? Yivtach has the Ruach Hashem. And he comes over, Gilad and Minasheh, goes to Mitzvah Gilad. And from Mitzbegilad Gilad, he goes out to Ben Amon. Remember we said that the land Mitzvah Gilad was above Yabok, over there. And that would be the thin strip of land he's approaching, which belongs to Amon. Yiftach, of course, is more famous. Yiftach is famous not for the war, but for one thing he does at the war. And that is Pasuk Lamed. And with that, will end. He says, I swear that if I win the war, whatever comes out of my house to greet me, will be an Ola. Yiftach says something that sounds crazy. He says, I swear by God, That whatever comes out of my house, that will be consecrated to God. Perhaps it's a carbonola brought as a sacrifice itself. How could Yiftach do that? That is what we're going to try to understand next time. We're going to learn the end of Yud Aleph more in depth. And then we'll do Yud Bet. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Have a great week and keep walking in the ways of the prophets."